Now, back to Silver 7's Hotel and Casino. It's Cofield and Company. Here right down the road from the site of the NFL Draft. Yep, it's here in Vegas. Doesn't look like the crowd is massive right now, so you still have time to get down there yep. and check it out. If not, if you need a, a good casino to watch at, local watering hole, 77-cent beers as soon as the draft starts, Bud, Bud Light, McUltra. That's going to be all the way through the end of the draft on Saturday. It's Silver 7's at Flamingo in Paradise. JVT is up with Cofield. You know, cool event going down tomorrow. A lot of intrigue. You're going to recognize the names as well. Uh, there's a boxing card over at Virgin, and I uh, wanted to talk about it for a couple minutes here as uh, they've got the Sons of Legends uh, championship uh, boxing card. Is uh, Kenzie Morrison is on the card against Haseem Rahman Jr. You know those names. Kenzie, the son of uh, Tommy Morrison, and he's uh, just about 20 fights into his career and gives us a couple minutes here on ESPN Las Vegas. Kenzie, how you doing? I'm doing good. Dude, how you all picked, doing? We're good, man. I mean, we're, we're, uh, we're slamming and jamming because the NFL's here. Uh, you picked a hell of a weekend to come in and fight. This is a pretty cool weekend around Las Vegas. Oh, yeah. Well, actually, I didn't know until three weeks um, you know, before the fight that they, you know, they, they actually let me in on the, the secret that it was happening <laughs> out secret. here, and it's definitely added to the, the, the awesomeness. Uh, growing up in Oklahoma, and that's where you grew up mo- most of your life, right? Growing up, up in, in Oklahoma, is it mostly college football, or do you guys have an NFL team? Uh, you know, we we normally bounce off the Chiefs. Um, you know, we're so close right there in North. North I was in northeastern Oklahoma, um, and outside of that, outside of the Sooners, it was always the Chiefs for me. Yeah, and I mostly assume everybody else. I assume you're a Sooners fan. Uh, yeah. Okay, so the state's real miffed right now. I'm using a nice word. They're pissed. At Lincoln Riley, what do you think of Lincoln Riley uh, going out west and uh, spurning Norman for L.A.? Oh, man, I, I don't know. I try not to get too much into the politics of, of it all. But, you know, if the man feels like he, he's better served out there, you know, he's got to do what's best for him and his family. And I think everybody else should just kind of, you know, give him a break and let him go do what he does. Everything's going to evolve. He's always, always going to be all right. So for you, doing an interview today, you're, I mean, obviously you're cool that you're doing it, but uh, what, are, what are you thinking? Like, what's the day before a fight like? And I don't know. Uh, normally it's a little different because I've always kind of been fighting in my backyard uh, in the Midwest. Uh, so coming out here to, to Vegas is, is a little different for me. It's not as much of a routine thing. Um, but it's pretty laid back. I've been pretty busy. I've, I've, we had the, the official weigh-ins this morning. It lasted from like 10 o'clock till almost 1. And then I had the interviews after that. I got a couple short breaks. Now I'm doing an interview, interview with you. And now we have the mock weigh-in for the media coming up here at 5. So I, my normal, typical deal is way more chill. <laughs> Stay at my own house, drive an hour or two to the venue. This is a whole lot different for me. So I can't really give you give you that answer. The, uh, the fight card goes down tomorrow night. It's Kenzie Morrison on the horn with us. He's going against Haseem Rahman Jr. Kenzie is uh, 19-0-2 with 17 knockouts. You can buy the tickets for the card at Virgin at AXS.com. Well, you know, I wanted to ask you um, the rest of the day and into tomorrow morning about your diet. First of all, what would you weigh in at? I weighed in at 224. Okay. So, there, you know, we, we talk a lot of MMA. Um, you know, once you're a heavyweight, and they have a 265 limit, but, like, do you have to worry about what you eat to be, you know, peaking tomorrow night? Are you careful? Do you load up? What do you do? Uh, well, it's, yeah, it's definitely more about a more energy-based diet. 
you know, a good healthy carbs, potatoes, uh, for instance, that kind of give you a little bit more energy, but not make you so, uh, you know, laggy and and heavy filling, kind of like a pasta would make you feel. Uh, but other than that, it's pretty simple. Nothing, nothing crazy out of the ordinary. Just good, clean food and lots of rest, and really just kind of at the point now we've tried to set it up to where. You know, we, we allowed ourselves enough time to train right up to the fight where we only had to take a few days off and then, you know, to, just to recover because we was already pretty much, we was peaked. As, we was peaked. We've been, we've trained a long time for this camp. It's been three months going. We've taken it real serious. And this one's a little different than all the other ones that I've done as far as, you know, this one's for a belt. So, and it's a 10 round fight. So it's a, a big deal. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you said this one is different because I was watching a bunch of interviews that you had done probably going back to like 2015. And I noticed a couple times you said, hey, you know what, I really I haven't watched a whole lot of film on my opponent. I assume because it's 10 rounds, because it's a bigger name opponent, you're further into your career. You've done some research on on the style of Hasim Rockman Jr., right? Yes, sir. We, we've done, uh, you know, as much as we could. You know, he had, he had a extensive amateur career, uh, which wasn't real well documented. And then there was the uh, you know, his pro career, which on paper, on box rec, everything's fine, but that really doesn't give you a lot of in, you know, detail on, on a fighter. And whenever I first heard about this fight was in the makings through my promotion, um, you know, we, uh, we've seen some footage and stuff, but it was, it was quickly taken down once everything was kind of agreed to. So all I've got to see is what's still out there, and we've just, uh, you know, done, we've done our homework with the best of what we have. And we've got a good, solid game plan together and are just – Itching to try to make it work. You uh, you have 19 fights under your belt. You're 32. I mean, you basically lost two years because of COVID. A lot of boxers did. That sucked. You didn't get to you know fight at all for like basically 21 months. I think I have that right. Um, where are you in your career? Because you you actually got kind of a late start. Like you weren't a guy who was boxing when you were 12 years old. No, 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 not at all. I actually didn't start actually boxing until my I was like 2021. 20, um, I, I trained before that a little bit um, with my dad getting started. He kind of pointed me in the right direction and, and, you know, worked with me as much as he could before he wound up falling ill. But, um, you know, it's uh, it is what it is. I did get a late start, but I've, I had the ability to uh, have the people around me to put me in a position to where I could kind of learn on the job. Um, you know, safely and, and make sure that I was able to do this. And unfortunately, the the training, you know, was has been the major focus over everything because I've, I've had a lot to catch up on, like you said. What did, uh, when you and your brother went to your dad and say, hey, we want to fight, what did he say? Did he did he say no at first? Was he cool about it? What did he say? Uh, well, you know, at first he was like, are you sure? <laughs> you know, because he, he's been, in, he was in the trenches of everything, kind of knows how it works and you know, he, he was he was open minded to it. Uh, you know, until we started working together, and once we started working together, he's seen he's seen potential in me, which kind of got him excited, and you know, sparked the flame in him, which sparked the flame in me because if someone of that stature is excited about trying to work with you and see, you know, how you're going to progress in the sport, you know, if that doesn't fire you up, I don't know what will. So, um, you know, he he was he was excited after the fact, but at first he was just trying to make damn sure I was no I knew what I was getting myself into. <laughs> Big boxing card going down at Virgin is uh, Kenzie Morrison, son of Tommy Morrison, is on the card. He's going against Hasim Rahman Jr., clearly the son of Hasim Rahman. Um, in terms of any fight skills, do you, do you have any resemblance to what your dad did in the ring? Uh, you know, I, I grew up watching him, obviously. So I, uh, 
I, I feel like I, I imitate a lot of his fighting style, um, but I also have an open mind as far as having to be able to adapt to any sort of opponent. So I try to train 360 and don't try to get too heavy on just being able to, you know, or try not to try not to be one-dimensional. I try to be 360 where I can adapt to whatever I need to adapt to. So, but man, I I feel like I got that that hook in me because I get in trouble all the time for throwing it when I shouldn't. <laughs> so if I was going to say anything, that that kind of stuck yeah. with me, and I think that I might carry that with me a little bit. Well, your your dad was a hard hitter. He was a lunatic in the ring. I mean, he would he'd get in that phone booth and start throwing punches. You mentioned you watched your dad a little bit as a kid between you know Rocky and you know your dad winning a championship. Did, like, as a kid, did you realize how big he was? Well, at the time, man. I mean, you know, he won the he won the world title. George, obviously, the the Rocky movie was made in 1990, the year that I was born. Yep. Um, and then he won the world title in 1993. Whenever I was three. Uh, he retired or, uh, you know, vacated his belts and stuff in 96 when I was six years old. So at the time, there was the feeling, you know, that everything was big, but I didn't realize it until, you know, I was older. And at that time, it was kind of over uh, for, for, for him at the time. So, But looking on it, looking back on it now, I think everything happens for a reason. And, and the way that it's all happened is, you know, it's panned out to the way it has, and it hasn't been a long, cheery, perfect road, but it's, been a good one, and I'm, I'm I'm blessed that he paved this road for me and left this legacy for me to you know to pass on to to my son if my son's interested in it, which I hope he's not. <laughs> there you go. Well, we're glad you're doing it. Uh, continued success. Good luck in this fight, and uh, we appreciate you know the day before a fight coming on with us. I know uh, you know I'm sure there's a lot of stress, and you're getting fired up for the fight. So thank you so much for the time. Hey man, I appreciate it. I appreciate you guys having me on. Thank you. There he is, Kenzie Morrison, son of. Tommy Morrison, he's 19-0-2, 17 knockouts. Uh, Sam Rockman Jr. is actually very much a local who went to Bishop Gorman, was playing football, mm-hmm. and he he told his dad he wanted to get into boxing, right? And his dad's like, well, that's it. Like, if you're going to do it, you're doing boxing. So and just, so they're similar. their stories are a little bit similar. Kenzie got a kind of a late start, and we'll see, you know, if we got a true prospect here in, in one of these guys. And I'm telling you, Tommy Morrison in the 90s, I mean, a lot of it because of, the Rocky movie, a lot of it because any great white hope is going to get extra attention. He was a friggin' megastar. I went back and watched some of the fights, um, and I meant to mention it too. Uh, I'm not even sure if. Are they uh, on YouTube or something or what? Oh, yeah, yeah. all over. He he beat George Foreman. He actually beat him at Thomas Mack, so right around the corner, and he won a world title. Um, that was what? Uh, that was 93. Um, unfortunately, he lost the title, that title, like four months later to Michael Bent. Go watch the highlights of that fight. Tommy Morrison comes out in the first round, and he is rocking the hell out of Michael Bent. And then closes space, gets on the ropes. He's on the outside. Bent's on the inside. And Bent just starts wailing, like, out of desperation. Friggin' cracks him with a right hook. Catches and that, him on the button, huh? Dude, heavyweight fights. Yeah. Like, if you're not careful. And then Morrison, Bent was really smart because then he just jumped all over him. And they, you know, the standing eight count a couple of times. And Tommy Morrison, unfortunately, couldn't get out of the uh, the first round. He eventually he went on to win a, another title and uh, fought for a while, you know, longer. But you know, in the end, he, he I think there were there. I think there was probably a little bit of damage from fighting the yeah. style he did, and you know, it was kind of a it was kind of a sad ending. And uh, he passed away in 2013. Not to end on a, a bummer, but um, let's give away some uh, tickets for this fight. We got multiple pairs right now. Caller six and seven uh, tomorrow night. Virgin in the theater. Hasim Rahman Jr. going against Kenzie Morrison. Also, uh, 
Nico Ali Walsh is on the card, another Bishop Gorman guy. Uh, I think this is his Las Vegas debut, so chance to win a pair of tickets, a couple pairs of tickets. Ari's at the ticket window right now, 364-1100. If you want to grab your own tickets for the fight card tomorrow night, AXS.com. Sign up for an A-Play card and unlock some great food specials at the Sterling Spoon Cafe at Silver 7's Hotel and Casino. You'd be looking at $20-plus million fully guaranteed at the time the option is exercised. They're not closing off the possibility that Daniel Jones can still be their franchise quarterback, but he's going to have to show it. You talk about, is it a prove-it year? This is the ultimate prove-it year. They've just told him, you know, we're not picking up your option for 2023. It's now up to you to convince us we were wrong. Live from the William Hill Sportsbook at Silver 7's Hotel and Casino, it's Cofield and Company. NFL Draft is up in 40 minutes. We'll have uh, live coverage of it on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM if you want to hear the ESPN feed of the draft as it's going along. Head over to 920 right now, JT the Brick and uh, other stars of Lotus Broadcasting like uh, Jason Fitz and Eric Allen are broadcasting. From uh, down at the draft, we're just down the road at Silver 7s. If you want to come on down here, they got 77-cent beers during the draft. The two different bars, Bud Light Lounge and Silver and Gold, plus the uh, William Hill Racing Sportsbook if you want to bet some NHL, NBA, and uh, Major League Baseball tonight. We're still tracking the betting markets, which are open outside of Nevada, so we'll get you some updates on that. So the Jags go on the clock here. In roughly 39 minutes, and there's still a big mystery on who the number one pick is going to be. Trayvon Walker is still up on the boards around the country. He's minus 450 mm-hmm. as the number one pick. So this will be an incredible or incredibly well-executed smokescreen if it turns out to be an offensive tackle or one of the other right. defensive ends. Jermaine Johnson. You know, that, that's another one. I haven't seen the, the number on Jermaine Johnson, but I assume the uh, slot – the specific slot he's going to go in is way the hell up. Uh, because if there's a run on defensive ends at the start and then someone gets, you know, Gaga over a fourth defensive end and needs to trade in, you know, to, or feels like they need to trade into the top ten to get the Florida State defensive end, then that's probably going to happen. He's uh, – I know that at some spots in the process leading up to this, he was about ten and a half or so. Uh, he's down to seven and a half over minus 175. <laughs> All right. So you heard Dan Graziano from ESPN on the way back. On Daniel Jones, fifth-year option, rejected, not picked up by the Giants. So what are we set up with here now with the Giants? Like in terms of how they're going to handle it going forward? Yes, this season. What is it like? Huh? New coach, new GM, new quarterback coach. Uh, Tyrod Taylor is the backup. I mean, I guess, you know, it's big boy time. Like, dude, you haven't shown us what you needed to for us to be paying, you know, whatever, $14 million. I don't even know what the option was for, but 14 or $15 million like you got to prove it. I think that's exactly what it is, right? And Jones hasn't exactly been a bastion of health either. Missed uh, what last six games last season with a neck injury, so that's going to be part of it too. He hasn't really shown consistent play when he is healthy. Uh, I think that's exactly what this is. I don't think there's really any leg for Daniel Jones to stand on here when it comes to this. You got to go out and prove it. And if he doesn't, and the Giants feel like they can just let him go, or or if he doesn't pan out, you can sign him to a much cheaper deal than what the uh, average would be on a quarterback and still hope that you can develop him. But I think that's how you're moving on here if you're the New York Giants. I think they handled it right. Kyler Murray did have his option picked up. Yep. So he's going to make around 30 mil in his fifth year. Daniel Jones, 
this would have guaranteed him $22.3 million. Right. For Daniel Jones. You realize Derek Carr made, I think, 25 last year. Yep. So, I mean, the, the Giants have no choice. Now, that said, and, and Daniel Jones would drive you nuts because he's a turnover machine. He's got the baby hands, or at least plays like he's got the baby hands. I actually still think there's hope with the guy. I think he's been really poorly coached. He hasn't been given a fair shake. The offensive line has sucked. His running back has been hurt a lot of the time. Everything they try at a wide receiver fails, right? Mm-hmm. They go out last year. They pay $17 million a year for wide receiver. He barely plays. They steal him from the Lions. Why am I blanking on his name? The Lions, former Lions wide receiver. Uh, we'll uh, uh, yeah, it's like I'm a five-year, $85 yes, million yeah, yeah. deal, and he, he never played, yep. right? Kadarius Tony, a number one pick on the way last out. year. They, I, they want to get rid of him, so... Like, I, I will defend Daniel Jones to a certain extent. I do think he has some raw abilities that make him attractive. How amazing would it be? Kenny Galladay, by the way. Kenny Galladay. Um, if, if Daniel Jones went out and played a full season and somehow led them to a respectable season, which I think for them, if they won eight games, that would be a great year. Mm-hmm. Like, I think they're probably a five- or four-win team. If he goes out and he has a good year, and then he's like, all right, well, I'm wide open. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're talking about franchising him then, right? If if it, if it gets to that point where he's really – he puts in a season like that. and I mean, ultimately for him it could work out, right? Because now you're talking about the average of the top five of the position. It would be cool if he succeeded so much that he had the hammer. It would be – yeah, it would be to a certain extent, I guess, if you're all about player empowerment. I don't want to say I think he stinks because I'm with you. You never want to give up on a guy this early. But I also think that we've seen plenty of instances where even if he does have a really good year, there's plenty of – examples of quarterbacks who have been flashes in the pan with one really solid year that seems to be the outlier you want a bigger sample size than just one season oh remember how many people it's probably what 10 games into 12 games into his rookie year because you remember the very beginning it was a disaster and then he had, he had a good run in the middle of the season and led by gettleman the former gm blowhard mm-hmm. you know pounding his chest even after the year we got it right you got one right yep the guy played well for 10 games. And by the way, you didn't get it right because where you selected him was as big an issue as anything. Right. He wasn't going that high, you fool. And I'm, I'm, I'm going back to see because he actually did get off to a really solid start from a passing standpoint. I last thought he was season. terrible in the first. Oh, last season. Okay. Last season, last season. He got, he got off to a good Like if you're looking at it from like the PFF standpoint, uh, in terms of like overall offensive grades and passing and whatnot, he actually did a pretty decent job. Uh, the Denver game, which he had threw a passing grade of 70.1, 90.7 against Washington, 71.9, 84.1. The first four games were really solid for him, just from that grading standpoint. So you see flashes there, but it's just wildly inconsistent. And after week four, uh, statistically, a nosedive. Three years from now, who has a better chance to be a top 20 starter at quarterback in the NFL. Daniel Jones, Mitch Trubisky. So give me that premise one more time. So three years from now, yeah. right? So Trubisky's going to get a head start in this race. Right. I mean, it's not a head start because well, it is because the Steelers are better than the Giants. Yeah. So he has an advantage there and I and I don't know. I, I think Brian Dable is going to be a good coach. I don't know. But who has a better shot three years from now and you're like, wow, you know what? Reclamation project. That worked out. Good for Trubisky or good for Jones? Or neither? 
I'll go Daniel Jones. Really? Only because only because Daniel Jones is still viewed as the potential quarterback of the future. There will be more assets spent for him to succeed as opposed to Mitchell Trubisky, where the Steelers are looking at the future. Like they're already rumored to be looking at a Malik Willis to replace him. I don't think they're looking at Mitchell Trubisky as the guy. Whereas the New York Giants, they invested a sixth overall pick in Daniel Jones, so while they can act and say, Yeah, we're not going to take this extra year, they're also going to spend assets to put the pieces around him for him to succeed. Hell, I mean, you talked about Dable. That's one of the steps, right? Putting an offensive mind there to allow him to succeed and putting him in a really friendly offensive system that has allowed other quarterbacks, namely Josh Allen, to succeed. On the Kyler Murray news, is that it? Fifth-year option picked up, due $29 million in year five. We done? Are we good to go? Or can he put some of his, his Cardinal stuff back up on IG? Right. What the kids do, you pull stuff down randomly? I guess. Put it back up. I don't post enough pictures on IG to really pull stuff down. Um, but I would say no, probably not. This is, what, three years now where they've had this second-half swoon, and part of it has been his play and his health, which is a big deal too. He has shown an inability to stay fully healthy throughout an entire season. So I would say, no, you're far from done with this situation when it comes to Kyler Murray. The difference is Kyler Murray's peaks have been so high that you I don't think you have a choice if you're Arizona. You've got to enact that option. He's going to make 11-1 this year and 29-7 next year. My whole point was from the Murray side, are you like, yeah, that's not, it's not enough? No. Oh, I think by, by, like by, by August, I want guaranteed money. I don't want $40 million guaranteed. I want $150 million guaranteed. I'm not a creep off the field, allegedly, like Deshaun Watson who got 250 mm. I want 150 guaranteed. I don't want 40 by the, by the way, think about this is another thing to think about. How nice Derek Carr was to the Raiders and how awesome the deal is for the Raiders. Derek Carr is guaranteed $32.5 million. That's it. Yep. In this $141 million deal, they've got cost certainty on the Raiders side. Derek Carr, if the Raiders want, could he's guaranteed $32.5 million. Kyler Murray is guaranteed $40 million. Yep. And he's acting like a child off the field. Yep. I, I Look. When it comes to Kyler, when you're throwing out numbers like that, I, I kind of grimaced only because I just don't know. He had a really good year last year, but I think the second half of these seasons are worrisome when it comes to his play and his health and the way that these things have gone down. I get you ask for it because that's what you do when you're in his position. But asking for it and getting it are two obviously entirely different things. Let's uh, open up the ticket window. More giveaways. Ari's got two tickets to the Colt House of Blues, May 8th. You can get your own tickets at Ticketmaster.com. Colt, really cool, legendary band going back to the 90s, playing the House of Blues on May 8th. Caller 7 right now, 364-1100-364-1100. Cofield and Company will be back in minutes right here on ESPN Las Vegas. You're live with the Fat Pack on Cofield and Company. I don't care if the sun don't shine. I do my drinking in the evening time when I'm in Las Vegas. Draft starts in 28 minutes right here in Las Vegas. NFL draft on the way. We'll go to the podium as often as we can in the 5 o'clock hour. We're live at Silver 7s. Come on down. All throughout the draft, 77-cent beers, bottles of Bud, Bud Light, and... Mick Ultra. So right after 5 o'clock, the Jags go on the board, and then we'll see who they take, number one, and then we get rolling. I know John and I have some bets. We'll get into those in a couple of minutes. We'll have Brad Powers grade him. Generally, he laughs at me. I'm sure he'll be on the side 
of JVT, but that's okay. I'm, I'm in the square chair. I don't mind being the uh, punching bag. Every once in a while, I win. You know, at least I'm smart enough not to do what this guy does to my left, as we've dubbed him Dangerous Danny. Okay. Uh, single-handedly trying to uh, just run roughshod through the roster of advertisers at Lotus Broadcasting and any potential advertisers, right? Um, his cup of tea is anything he's mad about that day, he goes right to social media and complains. So Correct. today he went after, I will not name it, because it's Dangerous Danny, not Dangerous Steve. Today he went after a local chain Mexican joint and was complaining that the prices have gotten too high. Look this up real quick. Well, I mean, I will say prices at restaurants have gone up just about everywhere. And in some cases, what used to be very budget-friendly Mexican joints, they've had to raise their prices, you know, a buck or a buck fifty. Mm-hmm. So now, you know, as a, as a young buck with 17 jobs like Dangerous Danny, you have to, and as an old guy who's always budget-conscious like myself, you you do have to put some thought to, like, are two tacos now worth, you know, $8.45? Yeah. Is a cheese quesadilla now worth 10 bucks? Late These are the ch- – that's, that's the key. Yeah, and here's the thing. They got us. They got – because we're not so much a 24-hour town anymore. So if I got a late-night Mexican food desire, what am I going to do? Make my crappy quesadilla in an air fryer? Well, that's a mistake. That's that's ridic- that's that's you're ridiculous. right. That's a problem. It's ridiculous. No, you still look, and I I'm actually, not going to put it on the barbecue. Would also say that I know Dangerous Dan, and uh, Dan has a uh, habit of exaggerating. So I would like to check the prices. Uh, I think I actually, when he threw out the numbers, yeah. I think he was talking about uh, what was it? Ten bucks for what? A breakfast burrito. Oh, breakfast burrito. Yeah. I, I'll say the bread. I think you might. Well, are you special order guy? Is that what the is that is that the hidden secret? All the stuff he's complaining all the time. But is he special order guy? Is he special request guy? No. Just exaggerator guy. Okay. Yeah, just, a, just a tend to exaggerate. Now, I will say. Well, good. We'll, we'll, we'll add you to management. So when we get calls from all the right. local advertisers, like, hey, what's going on with this guy bashing us? He's exaggerating. Don't worry about yeah, it. Yeah, don't worry. And he has, cert- he has 13 followers, and, you know, Cofield's one is probably <laughs> his most loyal follower. I know he has more than 13. But I love following him. I think it's funny. But I do cringe. It is sometimes. I've, I've, I've known Dangerous Dan for multiple years. <laughs> Sometimes you look at it, you're like, ah, you're trying to bust into the biz, buddy. Like, maybe calm it down <laughs> just a little bit. Uh, calm it down just a little bit. Also, I mean, I love the um, the establishment that he's referring to, but the one by my house, there is a, uh, a we'll call it a rival establishment across the street sure. that is slightly cheaper and has a drive through Ooh. And, uh, yeah, the last late night hankering for a breakfast burrito. Uh, which, by the way, always a late night choice at, at establishments like that. Um, they, they really, they really do have us. Oh yeah, fat white guys. You nailed it. <laughs> I oh. mean, if you think about it, it's super simple. Like making a breakfast burrito at home is actually like mine suck. We're, we're not going. I for can't like, do it the same way. A chili relleno. There's no or seasoning. Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna make a chili relleno at home. Well, those are difficult. I've had like, my mother-in-law what, like what show me, yeah. and an hour and a half later, I was like, "Wait, there's soup? Like in traditional chili rellenos? Like I didn't know that." And by the way, we should mention you are far from a true fat white. You are connected. Yes, of course. So half, now you now have now, the blood that runs through my veins. Now you're exposed. And my wife. You, you've been and exposed, and especially with your wife. 
Oh yeah. Well, my wife can't cook though. I gotta. I learn everything from my mother-in-law. My wife is no. Every once in a while, I get a weenies, uh, a uh, weenies con huevo, and that's it. What do you say? Like hot dogs and eggs. Oh, is that right? Yeah, weenies con huevo. Okay. You say it with that flair, though, so it sounds like you know what I'm talking about. All right. So, well, on this one, we'll give uh, Dangerous Danny a pass. Yeah, you better be careful, though. Does the scoreboard operator marketing person in San Jose deserve a pass for basically spelling out with some convoluted message on their scoreboard? Did it outright say yes. F the Golden Knights? So it, like as they were as they were missing out on the playoffs, they put out this long message, and I guess the first letter of every word in the message on the board was full F word F the Golden Knights. So it's, it's nice, nice league you got here, Gare, for the kids. The message was: Fans unite, celebrate, keep the hockey energy kicking. Now imbibe generously, honor the Sharks. Imbibe, imbibe. Uh, right. What? What an addition! That's awesome. So if you put the first letter of every word, it is you know F the Knights, as you said. Here's my thing: Do we know this is real? Because we uh, like we see this all the time where it's fake things. I don't know what to trust anymore when it comes to Twitter. Are we sure it actually happened? Can we get the vast Lotus research crew? I know they're busy with the draft today. I mean, but like, I mean, it was posted on NBC. Yes, sharks on NBCS. Yes, I just is I that find a fake it, account? It's got it's no. I'm, I'm tweets, saying like maybe they just saw the followers. image. Maybe they just saw the image and reposted it. I'm just saying. I just find it, and look, this is I. I'm a man who uses this word liberally, liberally, whatever. Um, I feel like that's. A step too far for a hockey I, jumbotron guy. I agree, right? Like I agree. <laughs> like that's kind of. We, we had some horses ass the first year. Made it like uh, two thirds of the season with the Knights and was doing a good job. And then he got out of control. And they're like, first, "All right, dude. yeah, yeah, we, we got, bro, you got to go." Right, like it, it's to the point where you're you're dropping f bombs. And also, here's the thing. Here's my thing too. Let's say it's real. How? Who makes that connection? Who reads that message and goes, wait, F, U, C. You know what I mean? Like, how? who discovers that? I think that's why I think it's Maybe fake. it was so weird that folks are like, there's got to be something else But here. somebody in the stands is like a Zodiac like code cracker and is sitting there going, there's a pattern here. Let me get into this. Let me see what's going on. I don't know, man. That, that's why I think it's fake. Who would have known? I just want to protect my knights. We're feeling we're you know we're, we're right now we're feeling hurt. They deserve Las Vegas. It. They deserve it. The Knights deserve it. No, oh, I mean the fans. Do. Oh, the, the fans. fans do. Okay, well we'll get to that in the five o'clock hour. Hey, uh, big event coming up next week at LV Ballpark. Hustle and Rebels, UNLV's baseball team is off to a great start. Number one hitting team on all college baseball. Three game series against Hawaii. All the games are at the LV Ballpark. Starts up on Friday, May sixth through Sunday. Six o'clock game on Friday. Afternoon games on Saturday and Sunday. Uh, special price for all three games. Uh, you can purchase the game separately as well at Ticketmaster.com. But mark it down now. Next Friday through Sunday, March 6th to the 8th, Hawaii's in town, Las Vegas Ballpark, and UNLV baseball is going to be playing there in a three-game series. Join the conversation on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas. They intend to pick twice in the first round. They don't want to trade both the 15th and the 18th pick to move into the top 10, but they would like to get into the top 10 trade up to get one of the blue chip players in this draft it's cofield and company's eye on sports betting with brad powers there he is the extremely knowledgeable sal pal on the draft is he on the ground here in vegas 
I haven't seen any footage of him out here, so I can neither confirm nor deny. You remember how worried he was about Las Vegas in the NFL? All these old guys. Sal, you're all here now, baby. You're all here. I gamble. If you need to fornicate, do uh, that. No, uh, Whatever you need to drink. Actually, you can't Let's gamble in the NFL draft. Well, right now you can't. You could. <laughs> You're right. It's off the board. Well, well let, let's get into that. Brad Powers is with us. Brad, how you doing, buddy? Doing well. All right, Brad. Um, how big a deal is it that the draft was up on boards around the country up until just a couple of minutes ago, and we pulled it down yesterday? I think it's an absolute joke. Uh, I mean, I really do, and I know it's not an individual casino uh, responsibility. I mean, it's a state uh, Nevada Gaming Commission, but uh, it should be fixed by next year's draft, and it isn't. And, I mean, Nevada will continue to fall, fall further and further behind. I mean, they're already behind because they don't have, they had limited, you know, different menus, whether you talk prop betting, not just NFL draft. I'm talking player props in, in, in any sport. So, uh, I mean, I, I get it that it, it's – uh, you continue to hear the, the responses. Well, it's still Vegas. It's Vegas, but sooner or later, uh, I mean, uh, you got to do something. Or, or guys like myself that like to bet and do it professionally, they're going to be moving to other states. I'll put it that way. Brad, you you mentioned that it's not specifically on like the bookmakers, oddsmakers out here, but uh, you know, talking to some around and the tented like the. They don't want to hang this. They've said that multiple times. There are some shops that pulled their props down on Monday, didn't hang them late. They only put them up for a certain amount of time because they put them up as late as possible because they didn't want them up there as long. Like, there's also a tentative nature from bookmakers, too. Like, I don't think it's just on gaming. I think some of the odds makers out here, too, kind of got a little pep in their step here. I get it's kind of a losing event, but I still think that it's kind of a negative that there has been such a tentative nature to put this up on both sides. I totally agree with you, and I think a lot of the bookmakers, I'm just going to flat out say it. I think they're gutless. Uh, I mean, you don't want to take a dime on it. Okay, I can maybe understand that, but I mean, there's no excuse not to at least have some stuff up. I don't even care if the limits are 100 bucks. Uh, I mean, uh, you would like to at least see how the odds are moving and whatnot. Uh, I mean, it would be nice to get off positions that you, <laughs> that are moving against you. Uh, you know, so I, I just, I, I'm stunned at the bookmakers here, because I mean, it's not, it's doesn't seem to be an issue in other states, but but some, for some reason, the state of Nevada is a big issue. And Steve, by the way, you mentioned that some spots will be taking them off the board. DraftKings is actually offering uh, live betting on the NFL draft. They're going to be two picks ahead. You can oh bet as God. the draft goes along. So, Brad, what is this like for you? I mean, there's got to be some opportunities to make money here, uh, with especially this year, because there seems to be. We, I guess we won't know until the picks come down, but there seems to be a ton of movement from original speculation on where a lot of guys were going. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I have bet, made over 60 bets. Uh, okay. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm heavily involved, uh, <laughs> to say the least. But, uh, I mean, half of those are probably with uh, in Nevada books. The other half, you know, I'm not going to incriminate myself, but it might be offshore. It might be, you know, making that trip uh, a little bit past the Hoover Dam. Uh, so, I, I just, uh, you know, there's certainly more money to be had. I, I don't say this in any other sport during any other season, but with the NFL draft, it's as close to a sure thing as you're going to get in betting sports. So, I mean, there are. Pro- I'm not afraid to, to lay twenty bucks to win a do- to win a dollar because I think it should be a hundred bucks to win a dollar in some of these draft propositions. Uh, by the way, it's funny that you mentioned go across the Hoover Dam. I remember reading some thread about a month ago, and, and 
some people were talking about going to Arizona, you know, to take advantage of their Arizona accounts, and they're like, oh, you have to drive way in Arizona. And I'm like, what are you talking about? You basically go right across the bridge and pull over. There's like a little exit. I've done it. You pull over right there, and you're inside the geofencing. Yeah, I, I've had issues sometimes. I've done it several times. I mean, you're safe if you do it about, you know, 10 or 15 miles. There's that you know, gas rest stop uh, that, that you can definitely safely do it there. But, I, you know, it, so what? you got to drive an extra 5, 10 minutes. I mean, everyone's – I mean, you know how Twitter is. They like to bicker about and argue about anything. Yeah. Yeah, I think I was actually getting win bet promos today, today on the draft. Well, because I have accounts in Arizona. Not that I'm super active with them, but I want you know, anytime I go out of state, I want to try uh, books in different areas. So you made sixty bets on the NFL draft. Like, how many of them uh, are on the same player or a similar prop? Where you know, you know all of a sudden, um, you might have a middle opportunity or you got more value. Oh, I, I I'm over a hundred. If you're just talking, because I mean, I was talking sixty different ones. Right. Uh, I'm at a hundred, probably uh, total bets, because you know I, I did some middling. I mean, I'll give you an example. Uh, Circa opened on Monday. You know, Kenneth Walker. Uh, his over under draft position was fifty six and a half. I mean, that's my preferred stance. I took the under, meaning that he's going to go fifty five or, or under. Uh, and, and then you know, I fired back a little bit. Uh, on over 43 and a half. So, I mean, there's 12 different draft positions where I can have a possible middle there. So, I mean, there was, I only counted, when I said 60 bets, I counted that as one. So, I mean, there's a lot of middling opportunities and positions that I tried to get off on here in the last 24 hours. Did you get involved on the number one pick? I did. That's probably my biggest liability. Uh, obviously, I need Trevon Walker to go number one. And if he does, then, then that's going to, it's going to be tough to have a bad night. I'll put it that way. Okay. What other positions did you take with the number one pick? You have something on Aiden Hutchinson? Yeah, so I took Aiden Hutchinson over one and a half at the time that he was, you know, still the favorite. Uh, that, you know, his under was at minus 170, and I wow. took over uh, one and a half at plus 140. I took, you know, under three and a half for Trevon Walker, uh, a draft position, uh, top five pick for Trevon Walker. Uh, in multiple bets at plus money for him to be the number one overall pick. And then when it became crystal, I clear that it looks like he's going to be. I wasn't even afraid to lay, you know, 200 that he's going to be the, the, the number one pick. So all that was involved in that. Brad, did you get involved uh, with any of the stuff with the quarterbacks, uh, be it quarterbacks in the first round, specific draft positions for Malik Willis, Kenny Pickett, anything quarterback related? I bet the overs on both. Malik Willis at South Point, I bet over 10.5. I bet over 12.5, Kenny Pickett. I don't think either one. I, the first spot I could see either one going, I think it's the Pittsburgh at 20. Maybe somebody else trades up, but I, 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 I doubt it. So I'm pretty comfortable with those two positions. I also took Willis to go ahead of Kenny Pickett to be the first quarterback taken. And then, you know, a long shot bet for me. I mean, I, I bet at uh, stations had a nice little prop. You know, the team to draft Malik Willis, I think the Steelers 3-1. to one. And I think you kind of alluded to it earlier, but for people who are listening, there's this perception in betting that value is always a plus price. But in an event like this, like one of my favorite bets, I've got under three and a half quarterbacks at minus 188. I think it's a, I think it's an awesome bet for me. But I think a lot of people will be afraid to lay big prices. But in an information event like this, laying prices is part of the game. Absolutely. I mean, it's all about, you know, pricing. I mean, if you think something, you should be laying 50 to 1, uh, that, that a player's going to go a certain spot. I mean, certainly I'm not afraid to lay 20 to 1. I think uh, one juicy thing uh, that, that I took, I took Javon Walker top five pick. I laid, you know, 
uh, ten to one there. So I've got a thousand to win a hundred. Not afraid. I think it's. Uh, I'm not going to say it's free money. I don't want to jinx myself here, but uh, you know, I, I'm certainly not. A, the draft is one thing where I'm not afraid to, to lay big numbers to, to win a little. So uh, shifting over um, NBA Eastern Conference semifinal series, Milwaukee and Boston is all set and ready to go. Uh, did you get involved here? Did you notice the uh, the market kind of uh, adjusting this? Because some spots open this minus one seventy five, and we're over two dollars now for Boston. A little surprised at that, but obviously Boston was coming off a very impressive series. Where I mean, I, I lost a little bit of money. I, I took Brooklyn in a couple individual game spots there, and Boston got the best of there. But uh, a little bit surprised because we've seen a little bit of money come in on Milwaukee game one. I mean, the line pretty much open consensus five now four and a half. So that surprised me. Uh, I haven't gotten to it yet as far as a series bet, but uh, I would lean as far as value-wise more towards the Milwaukee side there. Brad Powers with us. All right, Brad, what you, uh, what observation did you make this uh, last week of uh, college football spring games? Anything really stick out? Uh, nothing too big. Uh, USC well, obviously well, was one of the main ones on US, uh, on ESPN. Uh, I mean, they're going to be really good at skill position, but they got work to do at the line of scrimmage, so... I mean, I came away a little bit more impressed than what I expected from the Trojans, but still, they should not be priced like they are in the future. Like a top ten team at this point, I did not see a top ten team last Saturday. All right, most important question of the week, and uh, you can follow Brad at Brad Powers Seven on Twitter. BradPowerSports.com is where you get all of his plays. He's getting ready for his big college football stadium tour in just a little bit. But you tweeted about the Wonderlick, and that was based on. You know, I didn't even know the quarterbacks were taking or players were taking the wonder look anymore, so I don't even know if this was real. But Matt Corral apparently can't take Tesser as a moron because uh, he scored like a 14. Um, you're claiming to have scored a 38. I scored a 38, and I didn't finish the last nine questions. I, I didn't use a calculator. Um, and it's time. you got to answer 50 questions in 12 minutes. Got a 38. And that's, I take it every year, and that's, you know, that's about in the ballpark where I usually score at. Oh, you take it every year. Well, that's good. Iron sharpens iron. Um, wow. I actually I set a number, Adam Hill minus eleven Wonderlick score against you. John. Your reaction? I mean, you're clearly looking for a reaction. Let's just take the test. You see, <laughs> <laughs> he's pretty smart. And he's a good test taker. So I actually me. I know. No, not you. No. You don't even know about my t- my test. I have not. Skills. That's the whole point. I know. I've already seen Adam score like a forty-two. Now it was about ten years ago, and he has aged poorly. And I think he's lost a lot, you know, kind of mentally. He's kind of... Adam? Yeah. Hey, come on. Don't smoke him. Um, You're giving me 11, I'm in. Brad Fezzik, head-to-head, you against Fezzik. You're you're what? Are you... Are you... Oh, Fezzik is going to score at least a a 45, to be honest with you. I think think he actually could fire out a 50. Yeah, it's tough because, I mean, but he's got... One thing that he does really well, he's got theory down, and that's one thing I can't grasp. I don't time it outright where I should just, you know, them last 10, 15 questions, I should just guess, and I can improve my score just two, three points just uh, off getting a few guessed right. Brad, awesome spot, man. We appreciate it. I hope you won a lot of money, and it sounds like you got some good positions tonight for the draft. Yeah, enjoy the draft, guys. Thanks for having me on. Take care.